it's never personal. It's just like, instead just focus on yourself. Like how can I help them improve? Have that kind of like self-awareness and like that responsibility on yourself as opposed to just like blaming people. And I think that's what made our team super successful last year. We were all very stoic in our process and a lot of ups and downs, but we just like stuck with it, you know? This is your host, Natalie Allport, and welcome to the All In Podcast. On this week's episode, we are joined by my good friend and training partner, Thomas Markhauser. Tommy is a 2021 CrossFit Games athlete. He competed on a team out of the Ottawa region, and he is also a former Canadian canoe athlete. Tommy is also a CrossFit coach, and in this episode, we talk about the importance of community, emotional intelligence when you're on a team and in a leadership position, his experience coaching a CrossFit class with women who are going through cancer treatment, and much more. So without further ado, let's go all in. I think this is like the first in-person podcast or second in-person podcast I've done. Um, so we're working with different mic setups and different things, but Tommy, welcome to the All In Podcast. Hey, happy to be here. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, Tommy and I, well, we're training partners. Uh, we just finished training this morning and Tommy competed at the CrossFit Games last summer and hopefully again on a team this summer. Um, yeah, like how's life? What are you up to these days? Well... Sorry, after our training session this morning, like, um, I feel a bit, like, messed up. We <laughs> went pretty hard this morning. Um, but it's good. Like, it's nice having you and Chelsea. Um, I know, like, when we first met, like, we used to talk about going to Chelsea all the time. And uh, I was living in Toronto for a while, so I'm finally back home. Like, this is where I grew up, and I'm super stoked that, like, you're here now, too. Um, I get to, like, hang with your boyfriend all the time. Like, we were both on the fire department, and then... Like we go skiing together, snowboarding, and then. So for now he bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're all you're at my place. We're working out. It's nice to have a training partner. So life's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I yeah. I, how do I put like Chelsea into words? So I feel like people always like say ask where I live or something, and I just still say Ottawa. Yeah. And it's 15 minutes from downtown Ottawa. But like, explain kind of like the community aspect of Chelsea. Um. <clears throat> so I'll, I don't know if this is like an over exaggeration, but like. I kind of say it's like the Squamish of the East. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's like a good way to put it where it's like everyone wants to move out West and it's not quite that, but like we can pretend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, you can do all the same activities. Like there's, there's good rock climbing here. There's good, like there's really good river surfing, um, you know, mountain biking, skiing. It's just, everything's just like at a smaller scale. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it's the small, the, like the hills that take 30 seconds to get down instead of like Whistler. Yeah, exactly. And like, we don't have the ocean, but like we've got a lot of rivers and lakes here. Um, and I don't know, everyone's just enjoying good vibe down here and it's much more affordable than out West. So yeah. I feel like a lot of my friends, like they go out West for a while, they get their out West hit and then when they want to settle down, like they move back here. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, I think that's totally true. There's so many athletes around here too. Like, like of all levels, like I think there's like, there's Olympians, there's Tour de France riders. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like endurance, a lot of germs of athletes. Like I get yeah. passed by 80 year olds when I'm cross country skiing or running. It's crazy. Yeah. Pretty much if you're over 50 and live in Chelsea, like you're, really fit. you're biking every day in the summer and you're cross country skiing or downhill skiing in the winter time. It's kind of like the retired life. And I feel like in the daytime when I'm like out doing stuff, I'm like just among the retired people. Yeah. And like they're, they're intense. Like there's a lot of like in, in, intense older people in Chelsea. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's like, like go over your background. Cause I was talking to you the other day and we're like, Hey, we'll save it to the podcast. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I never asked you about like your transition in sports because you were an elite paddler mm -hmm. and then you switched to CrossFit. So like growing up, what sports did you do? How did you get into paddling? And then how did you get into CrossFit? Yeah. So growing up, like in living in Chelsea and stuff, I kind of like grew up doing everything. Um, and, uh, I had like a lot of like friends that were into the same stuff as me. So grew up playing soccer, football, hockey. I have a younger brother too. So that always helped, kept me competitive. <laughs> um, and then uh, around like 12 years old, I guess, I kind of found a calling to be like, go competitive in sprint canoeing. Um, I enjoyed being out on the water. Uh, my friends were doing it. Um, 
it just super nice to be on the Gadno River every morning, like twice a day. And I guess I was pretty good at it. So I, I, st I stuck with it, did that for about 10 years. Um, <clears throat> I guess like, I guess the highlights of that were I went to Canada Games, um, won in the crew boat events, uh, and then also won a national championship with my partner, Connor Fair, which was pretty cool too. Um, that was just a long-term goal for both of us. Yeah. Um, and it was cool too because when we first started paddling at the Cascades Club, which is our local canoe club here, it kind of had just started out. So we had like a tent and like some like secondhand <laughs> boats. And we always just dreamed of like competing nationally. Like that was just the, the goal, you know? And then yeah. we finally made it there. And then it was like, oh, like imagine if one of us like wins nationals. And like um, Amanda Moore, like she, girl I paddled with, like she like uh, got a medal at nationals. Like, oh my God. And then <laughs> we finally won. And then it was just nice to kind of see that progression with the club and the people I was paddling with. Um, and then I guess like when I was like, uh, I think I, I found CrossFit on the internet. Okay. <laughs> I, I did too. I think so. And I, what I would do when I was paddling, like I would, before like working out, I'd like look up uh, like a Gatorade commercial on YouTube. <laughs> There's like all this motivational stuff on YouTube. Oh yeah. I right? Like I, I think one time I would be driving and I would like a motivational song would come on because it would just be like my phone's on shuffle. And I'd be like, this is so awkward. Whoever I'm driving with just listening to like this pump up motivation talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I came across this uh, CrossFit video and it was actually... Funny enough, sponsored by Adidas. Okay, interesting. So think about how far back that, that yeah. is. Like before Reebok, like Adidas, Adidas was even really a game. And I haven't even seen Adidas play any part in CrossFit since then. No. But um, it was a commercial with Heather Bergeron and Chris Spieler. Oh, that's old school. Super old school. And like, I don't know, they were just doing like power cleans and like handstand push-ups and stuff. I remember seeing Heather Bergeron doing handstand push-ups. And I was like, whoa, like... Like, I, it just showed her head going up and down. I'm like, there must be a string attached to her feet pulling her up. And I tried doing it, and I couldn't. And yeah. then, like, I kept going to my room, like, night after night and, like, doing it. And then I kind of started looking up the games and stuff. And this is, like, maybe 2010. And I didn't have a driver's license. I guess I was, like, 16. Okay. And I remember um, looking up, like, the gyms in Ottawa, and there was only two. And there's one in yeah. Gatineau, and I just remember this day I got my license, like I went to that, drove to that gym in Gatineau, and I, I, I joined, I guess that was like in 2011 or 2012, but before then, I was like doing CrossFit workouts, like yeah. at a normal gym, like doing Fran, I feel oh, like God. that's like what everyone does. <laughs> that's everyone's first, yeah, like and I was first like workout. taking, like this set of 21, I was like taking breaks, I couldn't believe like, it was like 95 pounds, I think I broke it up like in sets of three. Yeah. Maybe it took me like 15 minutes. And then oh. the second I joined, and I'm coming from like where I was coming, uh, going to Florida for training camps and, and paddling every spring, training with like the national team, provincial team, yeah. step into a CrossFit gym. And then there's like moms that are overhead squatting more than I can. And yeah. I was like so humbled. I was like, yeah. whoa, okay, this is legit. Like I got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> um, so that was like super humbling. And I think that like, that's most people's experiences yeah. when joining CrossFit. Um, and I think like, I always remember that and think about how intimidated, like I was actually pretty intimidated joining the CrossFit gym at first yeah. and I was still coming from an athletic background. So I think that I, I think about that a lot when I see someone new walk into the gym, I'm like, mm. just like the thought process they had and o have to overcome to just step into the gym. I always have like a lot of empathy towards those people and I try to like, it can feel welcome. Yeah. Oh, that totally makes sense. I was the exact same. Like, I would sit in my car and be, like, nervous to go into the gym. Yeah. So, I was like, I don't know these people. This isn't, like, my comfort zone. And it is, like, I think it's really humbling for people from other sports. I think that's why, like, people from other sports, they either hate it or they love it. There's, mm -hmm. like, no in-between. Because I think you have to, like, get over that initial, like, ego hit. Mm -hmm. Because it's the same. Like, I walked in, I remember seeing, like, at the time, the gym that like we were going to mm -hmm. there was they had like a games level team before mm -hmm. and so all those girls were there and they had like turtle abs and like mm -hmm. and i was like what the and then i was like how are they like moving so fast like i'm doing a workout and they're like crushing me and like i'm used to going you know like yeah training at the ymca or like in snowboarding in general i was like kind of thought of as like probably one of the stronger snowboarders i could like lift the most probably like the fittest and then i was like i'm not fit compared to like this so then yeah some people either like, they, like go away they're like this isn't real like this is just like weird yeah. movements or some people are like oh i want to like 
see if I can get better at this. Totally. It's like you got to put your ego aside when you first start out and just like bite the bullet, yeah. you know, let the soccer moms beat you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, even till this day, there's workouts where like I, I'll have a friend who like just joins and like he'll crush me in like a rowing workout. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like I'm going to the games. I'm like. Yeah, maybe if it's just rowing. But. <laughs> that's that's like the cool thing about CrossFit is like you're not like the best at one thing. You have to be like good at everything. Totally. And I think that's like the interesting part of like the whole thing is because in most sports you're such a specialist. Mm -hmm. And like obviously in CrossFit you're still like there's still a limited amount of movements. It's not like unlimited. Like they're not going to throw, okay, now you're playing soccer like at the games. Mm -hmm. But still, like, you have to be decent at all, which means you have to sacrifice, like, just being the best. Like, if you and I were to go to, like, a track workout with track athletes, mm -hmm. like, we would probably be destroyed. Yeah. And then if we were to go, like, bike with actual cyclists, same thing. But at the same time, like, there's cycling, there's running at mm -hmm. the games. And, like, you have to be, like, decent at everything, which is, I think it's kind of cool. I think that's what, like, questions people about... Like, how are people doing this is because it's like one of the first things that combines those things. Yeah, there's so many domains, right? Like, when you are snowboarding, like, you're just focusing on, like, that one slope style run, you know? Like, yeah. you're just trying to perfect that one thing. For me, when I was paddling, it was like, man, I'm, I'm just got to dial in that 200 meter race. That's all I'm focusing on. And it's just one domain. And I find when you're training and you're training in groups, like, kind of looking over your back, peeking at, like, what they're bench pressing and what their times are. Whereas in CrossFit, the vibe, at least in my experience, like everyone's so stoked to see you do well. Yeah. And there's less of like <clears throat> that like individual mentality. And there's like, there's that group, like team mentality. Like, oh, I'm so stoked you're doing well on that. And even yeah. if you are competitive, like, you know, you're not going to win at everything. Like even Matt Frazier, the best in the world. Yeah. He doesn't win at everything. Even Medeiros, like at the game. Or Tia or... You just got to be good at everything. So there's, yeah. you know, when workouts, you're going to lose to people. So... Yeah. yeah, I think that's like the good thing. You're not just going to beat everybody in your training, which mm -hmm. is like a lot of athletes. Like if Serena Williams plays like most people, she's going to beat them. Mm -hmm. But like in CrossFit, yeah, it's very, it is very similar in that way where like, yeah, there's going to be some people who are going to crush you in a workout. Like I would show up to class and like there's a running workout. And I'm going to get destroyed by the soccer moms, like you said. Yeah. But then it comes to like the strength portion. And yeah, we're like, really okay. ripping on soccer moms too. Shout out to <laughs> no, all the soccer moms. They're, they're really good at fitness. You know, yeah. so soccer moms and they manage being a mom so like no super respect but yeah. yeah like it's it's so true that you have to like be good decent at all these things and like i got a comment <clears throat> on my tiktok recently someone like i was sharing like my injury story they're like why don't you just like be an olympic lifter and i was like oh i've actually like had coaches <clears throat> in the past who were like oh you gain strength really easily you could like compete really high at powerlifting or maybe like olympic lifting but i was like I, that's like that would be cool like if my only goal is just to do something at a high level mm -hmm. but I was like but I actually really enjoy CrossFit like I mm -hmm. suck at the endurance stuff but like I want to get better at it mm -hmm. but for, if you do those things you would have to cut all that stuff out because you'd just be a specialist at like those things yeah. and I that's like I don't know there's something about like you got to really like love what you want to do versus mm -hmm. being like oh just my natural genetics bias me to this so I'm just going to do this maybe you're if you don't enjoy it, it's like probably not worth doing even if you make it to like the highest level yeah yeah I agree um like going back to like we were talking about like i moved here and we trained together and i feel like over the past like few weeks of training like so much better than training by myself in like where we're filming right now <laughs> literally like the other side of this room is like my concept to bike a wall ball like random a few dumbbells and that's like what i've been using since like the pandemic started yeah. so like having a training partner like i feel like i've already like like gotten better and like done workouts i wouldn't have been able to do by myself mm. Like, what would you say, like, what's the importance of community for anybody, whether they're a high-level athlete or, so, like, maybe they're not doing CrossFit, they're doing something different, or someone just starting fitness, what would you say is, like, the main benefit of having community support? Um, main benefit, I think it's just, like, your environment that you surround yourself with. And I think that goes, like, with everything in life. Like, if you surround yourself with people with similar goals and similar mentality, like, you're going to just adapt to them as well. So, um you know, when we're training together, like, I think we were joking with this, but you get, you're so much more productive. Like, yeah. all it takes is one person to say, like, say, let's do this. And you don't want to back out. Like, you don't <laughs> yeah. want to be that person. So you're like, yeah, okay, let's go. <clears throat> yeah. Let's do it. And um, you kind of have this, like, team mentality where, like, we're all in this place together. We're going dark together. And, uh, yeah, it just creates, like, a vibe. And then <clears throat> you just, like, next thing you know, like, two hours has gone by and you've worked out, like, 
you've done like five pieces. Whereas I feel like if you go to like a global gym and everyone is kind of like just looking at their phones and taking massive breaks. Yeah. Imagine like we went to the, a global gym and did <laughs> what we did this morning. Everyone would just stop and stare at us and you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that, you look like a sore thumb, right? Yeah. You stick out so much. Um, so again, like I just, this thing comes to that environment. Like if you just surround yourself with people that are, you know, <clears throat> hungry to achieve their goals, um, you'll just like, you'll fall asleep with them, right? Yeah. I think that's like what I've seen. I mean, in a lot of sports in different ways, but for example, like I have some friends, like snowboard friends and they're going to the Olympics and like they did CrossFit for a period of time. Like I know probably they do more strength and conditioning, more of their own stuff, but like even they did their training in a CrossFit gym. And I think that was cool because like they had that camaraderie and people around them when they're training versus like when I was training for snowboarding until I found CrossFit, I was doing my snowboarding training by myself, like lonely in a gym. Mm -hmm. So like you said, like I could be unproductive, like on my phone or it's just like it's very different than people who are just there to like bodybuild or do whatever Mm -hmm. versus like you go somewhere where you have like that support even if you're not necessarily doing crossfit you just have like that surroundings and same thing with like like now the national team for snowboarding and they were doing this my last season last couple seasons they have like training camps in whistler where they have a snowmobile so everyone is just lapping the same jump Mm -hmm. you're seeing you're doing so many more laps than you would if you're taking the chairlift and and you're like you're pushing each other like you're seeing your friend like hit something you're like right my turn i'm up (laughs) exactly exactly and like i that's why the canadian snowboard team is like the best team on earth like like they're crushing it because they're pushing each other every day they're like oh i just saw you land this like i want to land this and then even the young like 15 year old riders are like oh like i saw this guy land this like i gotta try that soon i think that's important honestly even when people like people come and say come talk to me because i'm a crossfit coach they're like hey should i join crossfit and like if i I start asking more questions like really what i want to get to know is like what do you like doing like what are you gonna have fun doing yeah and like, are you going to have people and friends around you to do it with? Yeah. Because like, I think um, if you enjoy soccer and you have a bunch of friends that are doing that and they get out five times a week, I think that'll be probably more beneficial to your fitness yeah. than doing like CrossFit one time a week alone. Like in your <laughs> house. Like, in your yeah. house, yeah. yeah. Like, because yeah. then it becomes like, um, oh, like I'm going to go see my friends this morning instead of um waking up to go work out alone you know yeah i think that's that's like the best like when you have that like crew i think that's why like even in the crossfit world people are creating like these training camps and Mm. it's mostly yeah just like that push each other but also like the fun you're like i'm gonna go see this person today instead of like doing my own stuff and that's that's also like what i found especially like my last like before i hurt my shoulder Mm. was like i had i was like on such a like strict program my own I switched gyms so like it was really difficult where I was like oh I'm training like all day so I'm like literally at the gym like for the entire day I bring my laptop to like do stuff in between workouts Mm -hmm. but then like nobody is jumping into my program and then it got a little bit better like when Austin and I started dating because I spent half the week there and he'd usually jump in on whatever I was doing Mm -hmm. I was doing like a qualifier workout he's like oh I'll do this with you but then so at like half the week I had like other people but then, yeah, it's, it's really hard when you have to do something alone, especially when you're surrounded by other people who seem like they're just having fun doing mm-hmm. something together. Well, even this morning, like you got to the gym before me. And oh, so yeah. typically if you weren't there, I would have probably like taken my time getting home, looked at my phone for a bit, got something <laughs> to eat. And I'm like, shoot, Nat's waiting for me. Like, I got to go. Like, got changed, like right to the gym. Like, and then we hit, started yeah. hitting it. Yeah, that's that's true. That was actually like me this afternoon. Like you're like, okay, hey, I'm coming over in an hour for the podcast, and I was like on my phone. Then I was like, oh no no no, like he's coming. Yeah. I have to actually like set things up and get things ready. Versus like, yeah, I do think that's a hard part that people have been struggling with over the pandemic a lot, especially like transitioning <clears throat> to working from home. Mm-hmm. Is like, yeah, just having nobody around you. Like even just the environment of like being in a coffee shop mm-hmm. with your laptop, I find is like more productive for me than sitting by myself because i'm like oh i could like turn on the tv yeah. or i could go play with my dog and everyone else around you is working hard you're like all right i gotta, I gotta fit yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's like it's it's the energy i think that's that's yeah that's the cool part so like let's talk now about like your games experience mm-hmm. um yeah how was going to the crossfit games because i know that's obviously it was like a big goal for you like that's kind of like every crossfit athlete's goal when they first walk in yeah. and then eventually they're like either really humbled and like okay maybe i'm never going to the games because the games is like the olympics of crossfit yeah or or you're like you eventually yeah you make it and so i'm curious of like how did it live up to your expectations that you had and then 
Like, how was it competing on a team at that level? Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Like, ever since I saw it, going back to, like, that commercial and, like, watching <laughs> the games as a kid, I was like, man, like, how cool would it be to go there, you know? And I remember when I started CrossFit, like, you know, you're doing overhead squats with, like, a PVC pipe, you know? And you're just, like, taking every day as, like, a win. Like, there's so much stuff to improve on. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, man, like, the day I snatched 225, like, that's going to be the day. Like, that's going to be so... That's going to be the pinnacle, you know? Yeah. And you get it. And then you just find, like, these new new goals, new goals. So, I guess I started, like, really doing CrossFit in, like, 2012. So, it almost took me, like, nine years to get there. So, it was, like, yeah. a long road. And along those years, like, I had some really good years where I got exceeded expectations. And I had other years where... I came up short, you know, for example, like I remember just trying to make it individually to regionals at the time. I missed it by like one spot. Yeah. And so, you know, that was kind of like a disappointment. And then I had other years where, you know, I made it. Um, and so you just got to kind of ride the highs and lows and just like enjoy the process and just take every day. Like, for example, like instead of just being so fixated on the end result, you know, today I just see it as a win. Like I got to throw down with you. It was super fun. I feel good after. Yeah. Um. You know, looking good, and then you know, get to eat whatever I want tonight. Like that's <laughs> just kind of the the, the process day to day. But having that longer term goal in mind, you know, um, that yeah. So I mean, um, I guess as an individual athlete, I made it to the regionals um, in 2017. And before that, I made it on a team with CrossFit Select in 2015. Yeah. Um, and making it as an individual to regionals was really, really cool. Like, I got to compete, like, with Matt Frazier and Pat Bellner and guys I really looked up to. Um, <clears throat> but, like, individual is a lonely place. Like, it is. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard. Um, and uh, it's a lot of work. And it's a very dark place. Like, you're <laughs> just alone, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, after my individual experience, I had a kid and it kind of like was like I got my individual experience. The guys I was competing against, I realized were just so good, especially like in my region, Canada East. Like we got like Velner was competing there, Frazier. We have the guys in the individual in Canada are so, so good. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I was like, I don't think I'm I, the writing was on the wall. I was like, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to make it individually. And I really enjoyed going team. So, like, went back, going back to select, like, we went to a couple of sanctionals together. It was super fun. I loved the team atmosphere. I loved just, like, you know, putting in the work together as a team. And there's, like, team dynamics, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just supporting each other, like, in the workouts, outside of the workouts, being very stoic. Like, you know, not trying to let, like, your the lows, like, yeah. get to you. and just Because it affects your teammates. Totally, yeah. And even when your teammates are feeling low, like... You know, for them to lean on you or vice versa, um, and just try to help them out. I just I love the whole team atmosphere. And then <clears throat> last year, um, the stars kind of aligned. Um, I had reached out to like three teammates in Ottawa. Um, well, they're my teammates now, but at the time they're kind of strangers. <laughs> uh, I didn't really know the, the girls very well, but I, yeah. I like looked up to them. Like they were very elite in Canada. Like they were in the top 10 or top five for like three years in a row. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to go on team with me. <laughs> but I reached out to them and they were game. And then I reached out to Steve Briscoe and he was game too. And we had all been kind of in the same boat as far as being an individual athlete. Like we had gone to regionals multiple, time, multiple times as an individual athlete. We've had that experience. I knew I wasn't going to make it as an individual to the games. And I was like, you know, do you guys want to, if you want to go to the games, and you want to go team, like, this is a really good opportunity to do it. Like, we're four of us. We all live in the same city. Yeah. Um, let's give it a shot. And so the girls were in. I was in. Like, it was super fun. I was super stoked. Um, <clears throat> it was a long it, it was a long road to get there. Like, you know, we had the open, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, then the you games. You have four people that have to stay healthy. <coughs> I feel like that's Yeah, that was too. a huge thing. There were so many highs and lows. Like we had one teammate who literally pulled his bicep before the quarterfinals. Um, at the time, we thought it was torn, and so we're like, "Oh, we're going going individual." And then we all did our, our individual competition. Anyways, it was it was a very long process, and there's a lot of up and downs. But yeah, making it to the games was like not to sound too cheesy, but like a dream come true. Like it was something I'd I'd always wanted since I was like 16 years old. Since I saw that commercial and 
you know, competing against Rich Froning and stuff like that, you know, the same floor as him was really cool. And just guys that I looked up to and even women too. Like I grew up watching Annie Thor's daughter and like, you know, being at the games and seeing her compete was, was really cool as well. Honestly, everyone there was, it was, it it, it blew my mind. Like it was, it was super fun. And I think we got all the same bells and whistles going team, you know, as far as like, you know, the yeah. gear and stuff and just going like to the stadium, the experience the same, is super yeah. same. And even better, you get to share the experience with your teammates. And lucky enough, like my teammates that I had that year, like they're more than teammates. They're like really good friends of mine and super fun to have that experience with them. Yeah, I think that's really cool, like being able to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like, for example, when I was like <clears throat> training snowboarding here, like I would train with people, but then like it was on my own when I would go and like go with the national team or things like that. And then of course, like I had those friends, but because of where I lived, I wasn't always like with them every single day versus like some people, I guess like if you're, these are your teammates and you all make it to like the national team, you mm-hmm. all make it to like the games or whatever, even if you're competing individual, at least you have like <sighs> those people around you mm-hmm. versus I, I just find, well, because CrossFit is just so worldwide, so global, there's no national teams and things like mm-hmm. that. Then, yeah, as an individual athlete, you do kind of get isolated unless you're mm-hmm. part of these, like, elite training camps that they are mostly in the States. Yeah. Um, I think, like, with individual athletes, the intriguing thing with it is, like, you get to truly test yourself. Like, it just is what it is. It's just you out there. That's true. And the result is just all on you. Like, yeah, it's your fault, it's <laughs> your gains, it's all you. Whereas in team, it's you guys are a unit, you know? Um, if you have one person that struggles on it, like your whole team struggles on it. So even working as a team, I think with the t- whole team dynamic was, you know, helping each other work on our weaknesses, you know? Because, you know, if you can't handstand walk, like, well, that's my team score that it affects. So, yeah. you know, what whatever it may be, um, I remember, you know, for example, like I'm not very good at rowing in wall balls. I remember Steve was just always on my ass about rowing in wall balls. <laughs> More rowing in wall balls. <laughs> and yeah. that, that, that's just the kind of teammate he was. And same with the girls. Like they would hold me to account for my weaknesses, my weaknesses and I would do the same to them. Yeah. 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 Well, that's like super important too. I think like regardless of like if you were just like friends training together or like mm-hmm. as a team. But it's cool to see like how like you what you said of like you have to own that as an individual and then as a team it's like you gotta you also have to like what you said stay stoic and like so if one team like member kind of lets not lets a team down but like you know it's their weakness workout Mm -hmm. and struggles it's like how do you as a team like have the emotional intelligence to work around that and like make Mm -hmm. sure that they feel like confident going into the next event because it's like they did the best they could so you see like a lot of teams break down there where they Mm -hmm. like start arguing one teammate feels bad like Mm -hmm. you like there's a lot of like those things you have to manage versus Mm -hmm. the individual obviously you're managing managing your own mindset but in a team you're managing like relationships yeah and even like with with team dynamics like i would never look at it as someone letting us down like i would i would just assume like what could have i done better to help them improve Mm. you know what i mean yeah that's good like man like i should have like i should have told that person in warm-up like to extend their arms better so they didn't get those no reps or like I should have helped them work on that like I knew that was a weakness of theirs like we should have worked on that more together like I would never it was never it's never personal it's just like instead just focus on yourself like how can I help them improve just have that kind of like self-awareness and like that responsibility on yourself as opposed to just like blaming people and I think that that's what made our team super successful last year like we were all very stoic in our process and a lot of ups and downs, but we just like stuck with it, you know? Yeah. Like you all like supported each other, no matter like if it was one person who was like the one who's slowing everyone down, it was mm-hmm. like, well, that's, a, that's okay. Like this is a team thing. How, like what tip would you give to people to be able to take that feedback better? Cause not everybody is like <clears throat> able to handle like daily feedback from other people holding them accountable and like also voice that to other people. Mm-hmm. I think, um, First off, it's just empathy. Like, even when, um, you're like giving someone advice, if you say like, Hey man, can I give you some advice? You're already coming just by saying that you're coming from like an authority, authority figure that you already know better. Yeah. Instead of just like get to their level, be like, see where they're coming from and be like, Hey, like, you know, start off like, how are you feeling today? You know, like what's going on, (laughs) you know? And, like, even with, with teammates, too, like, it was during the pandemic, you know? Like, it was a hard time. Like, even Steve Briscoe, the owner of 1855, like, 
you know, his gym was constantly being shut down. You know, he, like that was hard on his personal life. And yeah. he was dealing with a lot of stress. And on top of that, there's like, you know, we're training for the games and stuff. Yeah. So And you guys have kids. We, like, have, we got kids. Like just like, just like a check-in, not even to do with like training, just like how the person's doing. Yeah. And just to get down to their level if they're having a bad day or if they're, you know, struggling with weakness, like just coming from a place of empathy always I think is the best way to go about it yeah yeah I think that's super important like when I learned to be a snowboard instructor I think that was one of the first things they told us was like how to actually talk to some like someone you're teaching mm-hmm. this is like when I was a kid and I worked as a snowboard instructor for like three years but um yeah like especially I was like 15 and I'm trying to tell people who are 40 like what they're doing wrong snowboarding mm-hmm. or what to fix but yeah it was never like you don't lead with like Hey, you're doing this wrong. Fix it, Sorry. right? You know where I get, you know where I've learned that the most is just with my kids. Oh, like yeah. I have a four year old, and if he's upset about something, and I respond by being angry at him, it's just like adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, I got to get down to his level. I'm like, hey man, like, what's going on, buddy? Like, are you okay? <laughs> he's like, I just want to watch a show, and I'm like, man, I really want you to watch a show too. <laughs> well, we got to eat dinner right now, okay? And he's like, okay. <laughs> so you just got to get down to their level. <laughs> yeah, you got to like, what is, yeah, that's true. I like that. That's yeah. interesting. And then it like totally diffuses the situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is interesting. I think that's, yeah, that is the key. I think also, Bally, my dog, is coming in. She wants to be in the podcast. Yeah. If only she could talk. I feel like she has a lot of, she's seen a lot of things. She's, she's been in the gym. She's... <laughs> she could be good but um one thing that you mentioned like in your like like training to get to the games like you train for like nine years <laughs> something you talked about is like yeah like dreaming like when i hit that 225 snatch mm-hmm. i want to do this i think the cool thing is like that mindset of it doesn't get easier especially in crossfit but this is for like really everything mm-hmm. it's not like your sport just gets easier you get better so mm-hmm. then the performance is higher so like a 225 snatch is going to feel as difficult as maybe like a hundred pound snatch felt when you first started. Mm-hmm. Like how can people build that mindset where they they don't ever like, you know, say you're suffering in a workout. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, can't wait till the day I'm better and this gets easier. Like mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. So how can you like build that resilient mindset to keep coming back and like showing up to do those things when you know they're not going to get easier? Honestly, I think it's, again, what comes back to like environment. Um, if you're like going to a really, really dark place in your workout, I think it helps having friends there. Even f- like this morning for example not like we did a really hard we didn't we redid an open workout and there was like there comes a point in the workout and i know this is probably the same for everyone where like you know if there was nobody else there you wouldn't go short yeah you you just wouldn't go past that red line you know and i'm like man that's grinding out right now like she's ahead of me like i'm gonna push through it too like we're in this together and then so i think it comes down to environment and just enjoying the process like every day like you know, for example, like, you know, we got to hang out this morning. That was super fun. We did a, a big session and, you know, you know, I got to hang out with my friend out this morning instead of like, yeah. uh, you know, it got to, it felt like less like work and more of like just a throw down with my friends. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's fun. Like training is fun versus like training is like, oh, it's my job. It sucks. Like yeah. I have to go do this. And even yeah. looking back at like some of my biggest training days, um, and even like training camps, it was my best training sessions were always just throwing down with my friends and the time just goes by so much quicker um and you're more productive and even like your recovery and your your mentality is like you go home that day and you're like hey i'm I'm ready to go back again and some of my times where i start struggling like especially like last year during the pandemic was like just me alone in my basement mind you there is some value in that it builds a lot of discipline yeah just getting it done and training on your on your own and you kind of look back on that you're like man i did that alone like that was that was good but I think long term and for longevity in the sport, um, it, it just comes down to like having a good environment, good friends, good training partners. I think it's so much so easy to burn out like when mm-hmm. you because you start like not enjoying it as much when mm-hmm. you're just doing it by yourself like that. I think like like you said, like those times in the basement, I think those are like those are like what make you as an athlete somewhat because mm-hmm. you're like, OK, I could push <clears throat> through that like if I can do it through then it's mm-hmm. but it's. If you want to have like a long career, I think like Matt Fraser said, you know, like a happy athlete is going to be the best athlete. Totally, so like yeah. if you're surrounded by, you know, like you have like your friends, your family, good relationships, like things mm-hmm. are going well outside of your sport and you're taking care of those things that only helps in your sport. And I think that's something a lot of athletes forget. Like I know even me when I was snowboarding, it was like nothing in my, I can't like think about anything else in my life, like only my sport. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize that that mindset actually like took away from me enjoying my sport mm-hmm. versus if I was like, oh, let me just 
like invite some friends to come snowboard with me i can still do my training but like it would have been more fun yeah. or like oh after the like let me go like celebrate with my teammates instead of like oh i didn't <laughs> win the competition i'm gonna go in the gym while my teammates are partying like yeah. it's just kind of punishing yourself for no reason where in the short term you might think okay that's gonna make me better tomorrow but like in the actual long term it's like taking care of your like happiness yeah and it just comes down to balance like i went through a period like that too where you know i'd have training sessions and there'd be time off and instead of like you know doing something fun and just you know not thinking about training i would like look at video (laughs) and technique and i'm just like dude relax like there's fun time and there's training time and then i think like you know when you take time off it builds that hunger again be like man i can't wait to get back to the gym and throw down and i think i did that after the games like i took three months off yeah. I'm like, the last thing I wanted to think about or do was, was train. And I was like, well, it was good. And then by the time, like, whatever, October hit around, I was like, okay, I think it's time. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go again. Yeah. Well, that's, like, what I always say. Like, a lot. sometimes people ask me, like, do you wish, like, you knew exactly what was wrong with your shoulder at the start so that it wouldn't have, like, kind of re-injured or, like, you wouldn't have progressed into things. You could have just, like, done the right rehab at the right time at the start and, like, maybe been back to competing now. And I was, as much as, like, like, I... Yeah, I try to have, like, no regrets. I'm like, you know, things just happen. But, like, when, yeah, when I look back at it, I'm like, I actually am so grateful for, like, the two years off mm-hmm. because mentally I was in that same place where I was only training by myself. I had all these competitions. I was, like, managing my business only by myself. And it was, like, too much to manage both at once. I was, like, training, like, six hours a day plus, like, all my business work that I, like, overcommitted. I had, like, too many clients, too many things to, like, do both. And so, like even between my two like sanctional competitions, I had to take like weeks off training because I was like having these, like I was getting so lightheaded. I was like almost fainting. I was Mm. getting all these weird symptoms. Like I went to the doctors. I couldn't drive myself for weeks. And it was like, because I was just so burnt out. So then after the season happened, then I ended up hurting my shoulder, which gave me kind of like the mental time off. Mm -hmm. And to the point where now I'm like so hungry again. Like there was a point in that process, like probably maybe like a year after where I was like, oh, now that I've been like training less, I've gotten to the point where I could see maybe I just like won't compete again. Maybe Mm -hmm. I just like, just, you know, go to a one hour class every once in a while or whatever. But then as I like started that continued and I started like focusing and building my shoulder and doing more stuff, even alone, like those like hour a day of shoulder rehab by myself and then training, Mm -hmm. I was like, I like, like love this again. Like I love mm-hmm. training, spending all my day training. And especially now, like we're like training together. It's much more fun than yeah. just like continuing. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes you do need like that time off, mm-hmm. like to, to like rekindle with it. And that's why I always tell people if they're, they're like, Oh, I don't know if I like should quit my sport or if I'm just going through a rough patch. I'm like, maybe just take a step back for like a little bit and then like see where you're at and how you're feeling. Yeah. I think that, that gives you some perspective. It's hard to decide like when you're right in it. Yeah. I think, as well not to say like i'm older or anything but like in like in my experience with like being a competitive athlete like you, you also understand there's going to be low times you yeah. know what i mean just be like okay like this is a low time there's going to be high times too you just got to like stay level and, and stay yeah. level headed and just like have a long-term goal and vision yeah and even like day to day like mm-hmm. like it's gonna be gonna wins be, it's gonna be losses yeah <laughs> that and i think especially in sports like more mm-hmm. so than like you know if every day like your job is to do some admin task or whatever mm-hmm. it's like kind of monotonous but like especially in crossfit like again there's gonna be days like you win and you're like oh i feel like so good mm-hmm. then you check the leaderboard you're like oh no like this was not a good score mm-hmm. and like so you have like these highs and lows and you have to exactly like you said just like if you're enjoying what you're doing and you feel like you're making progress, then like there's what else is there? There's nothing else to like worry about. Yeah. Just progress. Just yeah. focus on the progress. <laughs> Sick. Okay. I, one thing I've never asked you or never talked to you about is, uh, something cool that you were doing. Cause like we, we first met in Ottawa, then you mm-hmm. moved to like Toronto, Toronto. Mississauga. Mm-hmm. And then you like obviously came back here. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were there, you were like coaching, um, these ladies who are going through cancer treatment. Tell mm-hmm. me about that because I thought that was like so cool. It really inspired me like for like training my abuela now and stuff like mm-hmm. that because they were like some older ladies and they were in the gym while they were like doing treatment. I think that's like, mm-hmm. like how does that, like how was it benefiting them and like how did that all come to be? Yeah, so how it came to be was um, my wife, uh, we went down to California and did um, our CrossFit or Sarah's CrossFit Level 1 and she's um a medical doctor so it's called like the mdl1 i think it was the second time they actually did it so there's a whole bunch of medical doctors went down they did their level one 
And I mean, Sarah has, has been doing like CrossFit just as long as I have. Yeah. Um, but it, she never had her level one and she finally got her level one. And like, we got to meet like Greg Glassman and it was on Dave Castro's ranch and stuff. It was a really cool experience. But, um, one thing that was really cool about it all was they kind of attached like health and fitness and nutrition into the medical system, I guess, yeah. as kind of like, um, a solution to, to like chronic disease. Cause right now the medical system is very much built as like a bandaid, like, yeah. Oh, you've gotten so once sick. once you're sick, like come see us and we'll, tr- we'll fix you and treat you. And so Sarah's like, well, I kind of want to apply this to my work. And I was also inspired. Like I was there too. And I, I got my level cross for level three, like that year as well. And I was reading a whole bunch about nutrition and chronic disease and stuff. And so we're like, Hey, well enough's enough. Like let's put this into action. Um, so Sarah talked to her colleagues at Credit Valley, which is the hospital in Mississauga. Um, and then she was like, I want to run a CrossFit program <laughs> for our patients. And they so, got, they got all on board. I actually did a presentation, um, the CrossFit presentation with all the <laughs> colleagues and I got them to do a workout oh, amazing. and stuff. And, uh, they're all on board and like kind of made these pamphlets. I got in touch with, um, Oregon Malafave at CrossFit M3, which was pretty close to Credit Valley. And um, they were all about it as well. And so um, <clears throat> it started out like just with, it took a while to get rolling, to be honest. Like yeah. some people would come and they, they, they like back to like how intimidating CrossFit is. Yeah. A lot of these people had never worked out or even been into a gym before. Well, and they're also dealing with like <clears throat> fighting a fighting cancer, a cancer and stuff yeah. like that. Um, my, some of them had worked out, but anyways, like it, it just took a while to get like a group going and I got to give it credit. Like there was this one girl, Claudia, who was, I always tell her, I always tell her she's like our, our number one person. Like she started <laughs> coming. Um, and there must've been like 20 sessions. Where it was just me and her. Oh wow. You know? And, uh, she stuck with it. She really enjoyed it. And then like other people would come and Claudia was kind of like, you know, like would just like welcome them in yeah. and, and, and be like, it's okay. And then, um, and then there's kind of this group started forming like twice a week. We must've had like 10 or 12 women come sometimes like eight. Um, and it was cool. Like we just basically did CrossFit, like yeah. we did CrossFit, we did burpees. Um, like I teach it the same way I do with all my other classes, go over all the scaling options. Um, so even I'd be like, Hey guys, like this is a total bar. And some of them would laugh at me and be like, okay, well, you know, this is what we're going to do instead. Like, we're not going to bring our toes all the way up to the bar. We're going to hang on the bar and just bring our knees up, you know? Um, and <clears throat> we just took the little wins as they came. And the cool, the, the, the best part about that whole thing was the community that they kind of created amongst themselves. Like they were all going through this thing together. Some of them, um, <clears throat> like like we're going, we're in treatment, like going through chemo. Yeah. Some of them were post chemo. Some of them were kind of pre or some were like long-term cancer patients. So they were all, all kind of at these different stages yeah. and before, after class, they would like support each other. Um, and be like, Hey, like I went through that too. Like it's going to be okay. And they, they'd answer each other's questions and kind of became like a support group for them. Um, that was a cool, that was a really cool thing to see as well. And then it was also cool to see them doing cross, but like they yeah. enjoyed it. <clears throat> I think they did stuff that they never really would have done. They didn't come to a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I would treat them like every other athlete. I step in the door. I'm like, yeah, you know, here's the skier. Like you guys can, you guys can do the skier. You guys do the rowing. Like we'll go over a total bar, even like, you know, overhead squats, whether that's with a PVC pipe or a squat to a med ball. Um, it was awesome. And I, I miss them a lot. <laughs> like we had a really, really good relationship there. And I wanted to do the same thing in Ottawa. <clears throat> but um obviously the pandemic hit and yeah. stuff like that but something i'd like to do again yeah that would be really cool like my dad so last uh, yeah like about a year ago he was diagnosed with prostate cancer mm-hmm. and then he ended up being able to get surgery in last september and it was successful and his doctor said he was in the very very top percentage of success treatment he was like you were one of the best patients i've had like you've recovered like everything mm-hmm. he was able to like start lifting things again after and whatever mm-hmm. but he said it was because of his exercise like mm-hmm. training and exercising like really helps and especially over the pandemic when things were delayed like surgeries and stuff mm-hmm. like that he like kept moving exercising mm-hmm. he like he felt good otherwise mm-hmm. and like there's some studies now that like have come out where they actually like had people who had prostate cancer and like showed how like the tumors 
they grew much slower mm-hmm. uh, with, by doing exercise. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's just a testament of like how important like movement and like mm-hmm. all those things are to like some of these chronic diseases. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, this was a solution to their cancer or anything, yeah, but yeah. it was, um, I think it was beneficial to them like mentally to just go through that yeah. and also physically. And then that being said too, like with chronic disease, like type two diabetes, um, you know, insulin is like a band-aid, right? But like the solution of that is literally to, you know, eat whole foods, like reduce yeah. your sugar intake, exercise more. Um, so that's another thing we're trying to do with, with that program as well. It's just like, you know, the whole health aspect, like, hey guys, like how's your sleep? Like, how can we sleep better? Like I'd always be in the class with like a nutrition yeah. take, like they could just jam out, like ask me a question. Like if we go to the grocery store, like what should we be looking for? Like, let's stay away from the package stuff, the processed stuff, let's stick around the aisles, eat whole foods. You can't really go wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's, yeah, I think there's, like, there's not enough education on that. Like, uh, like yesterday I was even just, or no, a couple days ago I was talking even about, like, this nutrition class I took in university, and it was, like, everything they were teaching me, I was, like, I don't believe this. And then, like, I got in a fight with the teacher about it, but it's just... Well, it's changed so much, right? It's like, always changing. Think about when we were kids, like... There'd be like vector cereal would be like I thought that was like oh I ate vector cereal for like life like that was my totally because you're an athlete life, yeah. like why wouldn't you eat <laughs> processed cereal like yeah, you know but why isn't like carrots and broccoli and like you know like grass fed beef like sponsoring athletes like that should be the real <laughs> like uh, you know like that's the athlete's meal right there right yeah like I mean I think like we we've talked about this before like I. I mean, for me personally, like, I feel like I have to eat a lot of carbs to support, like, my training. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's super important where, like, yeah, as an athlete, sure, like, sometimes I do. Like, I have some shreddies and I'll, like, eat Mm -hmm. it, like, right between a workout because it's, like, kind of fast carbs. But for sure, like, it's you need to cover those bases first. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. people often see. That's the base, yeah. Like, for example, if you're not doing any exercise and, like, whole foods, Mm -hmm. like, like that's probably all you need right like mm-hmm. those things and then if you're doing like you're training like all day as an athlete then maybe you need some more carbs but yeah. like that's <laughs> af- that's after you've covered those bases yeah. of, like you're all you like need. i remember going to soccer <laughs> practice and be like okay i'm gonna get my vector cereal i'm gonna have a gatorade <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna have like my vector granola bar because i'm an athlete <laughs> yeah. and like not to say like there's yeah like there's a time and a place for like gatorade you know what i mean like when sure. i used to like yeah sometimes but like uh like sometimes like when i was in the states training like all day like in between a workout like mm-hmm. especially if, like if you're competing at the games like in between workouts a lot of the drinks are that like you might have like sport nutrition drinks might have like carbs in them to like mm-hmm. refuel which is it's really just fast fast sure. carbs but like you don't need that if no. you're not doing any movement or you're just doing one thing yeah. a day like and even yeah even messaging today is still kind of tricky like even when we used to jam out and stuff with that with that um oncology group they'd be like well, I'm eating well, like I'm eating, um, I'm putting honey or maple syrup and I'm making organic cookies and I'm eating oh, like yeah. fat-free yogurt. And then it's like, it's not their fault that that's like, they've been, it's the marketing. Like yeah. they've just been marketed like, well, honey and maple syrup are like natural sugar. So it must be okay. And like, just everything this organic is fat-free it's yogurt, organic. like anything yeah. fat-free or fat-reduced. Like think about yogurt, for example, like yogurt essentially is supposed to be a fat. Like it's a, it's yeah. a lot, it's so a milk thing. Removing, so if you're like, taking away the fat, what are you replacing it with? Yeah. Sugar. Yeah. Or air or something. It's something. not normal. <laughs> it's not normal. Yeah. Like eating just more natural foods. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually very true. That's, and I think that's the same thing with like, uh, like I had someone on and we talked a little bit about the, the vegan diet because Austin and I did like a vegan week. Mm-hmm. And what we noticed <clears> is like, we actually like felt really bad because to be fair, we could have made a lot more, like, just really whole food, vegan mm-hmm. food. But because we were easing into it, and, like, I'm just, like, such a picky eater. Probably a lot of it, like, tofu. Yeah, or... like, a lot of processed mm-hmm. vegan food. And so a lot of people think, oh, if I go vegan or if I go gluten-free, like, that's going to solve all my problems. But often you're replacing it, like, especially with gluten-free foods. I remember one time I was gluten-free. I made gluten-free cookies every single day. Like, yeah. every single day. And, like, nothing wrong with a cookie now and then. But, like, I was just, like, living off cookies thinking, oh, because it's gluten-free, it's good for me. Mm-hmm. Which is you're just replacing like even probably actually because I had no gluten intolerance, eating like something with wheat would have been better than like the potato starch I was eating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The the last or one of the last things I want to ask you before I have like the final questions that I ask is if there were like three to five core values that you want 
to instill in your kids like these are like your most important values mm-hmm. what would you say like those values are and they could just apply to like your kids in general but also like maybe as just being like athletes or whatever they want to be oh man i wish you would have told me this before i gotta think about this on the spot um honestly like for my kids i want them to be confident in whatever they do um i want them no matter what they do i just want them to be proud of what they do i want them to be happy and um i think humility too like yeah. i think humility goes a long way just with in everything in life and especially being an athlete um just no matter how successful you are just you know keeping a level head and yeah. uh you know i got a lot of respect for you know even training with like pat Bellner and stuff like that like that guy will give his time of day to anyone you know what i mean yeah. like he's the nicest most humble guy and um yeah, I just quickly on the spot, I guess, would just be, like, those three things. <laughs> yeah, those are good. Like, I know you mentioned a lot, like, you talked a lot about empathy and, like, the importance for that. And that, mm-hmm. I think, goes in hand-in-hand hand with humility. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I, I like, like, I like to say, like, for example, like, I get, like, a lot of DMs from people, like, about, like, what I post or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, it would be really easy to, like, oh, I don't have time to, like, answer this or do this. Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, in life, like, what will be, like, what will actually, like, be fulfilling for you? And, like, what will, like... Like, what makes you feel good? And that's, like, usually it's helping people. Like, helping people is selfish in a way because it makes you feel good. Because totally. you're like, oh, I did this thing that was helpful. So it's, like, if you... For me, is like, one of my... Like, I was trying to write my core values for 2022. And I was, like, always do the extra thing. And, like, that means in training. Like, don't skip that, like, little piece of shoulder rehab. Like, always do that. Like, like take the time. Do it. And same thing with, like, kindness. Like, it doesn't take much to, like, just reach out to somebody or, like talk to somebody or not be rude like mm-hmm. you know it just takes like that extra like two seconds or two minutes and it's i feel like if more people did that it would be much better like even just like when i've gone to new york many times and like you know people are like pretty like focused they don't talk to people they bump into people they don't say sorry about it yeah. like but like imagine if people took the extra two seconds they're like i'm so sorry like how's it going you see someone crying on a bench you're like just check in like yeah. it doesn't take long but like do you know how like the ripple effect of that is massive yeah and trust me, like, being in a small community, like, I'm not sure if you noticed moving in Chelsea, but, oh, like, yeah. uh, everybody waves to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like... I pulled into your street, and I still have, like, Ontario plates, and someone just, like, waved to me, like, as if I was their neighbor. And yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and then you kind of feel a bit bummed when they don't wave back to you. Like, <laughs> yeah. But just so you know, it's not personal. Like, <laughs> maybe they just didn't see you or anything. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. Like, even going to the coffee shop, like, and yeah. the people, like, they may remember you, or, like, we go to the shawarma place every week, because I get shawarma for, like, all my lunches, yeah. and, like, they remember, and they're like, oh, we missed you, you didn't come last week, like, what happened? Yeah, those are small town vibes, yeah. and I love that. Like, when I was living in Toronto, like, I still had that in me, and, like, remember the first six months I was waving at people, and I'm like... <laughs> They Nobody won't wave, they won't wave back, and I'm like, they think I'm a weirdo. And <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm like grateful because like we spent all our time at the cottage in the summer, and mm-hmm. so it was like that. Like any of the roads, you wave to people, you stop, yeah. you talk with them. Yeah, I love that. Like, and so even though I lived like I grew up in Ottawa, so it wasn't really the same. It was like at least like in the summer, like it was part of that. So it's kind of the same here, which is cool. So okay, the last three questions I have. Uh, the first one is, and this is the questions I ask everybody. Out of all your daily habits, what is the one biggest game changer for you? Um, honestly, I think um, last year, the biggest game changer for me, and this was a goal I had last year, was to get more sleep, like just have better yeah. quality sleep. Um, I sat down with a friend and I, I was, he he's like a business coach or whatever. And I was like, listen, I need, I need to be more productive. I feel like I don't have control of my days. And yeah. he kind of like mapped out a day for me. And he realized, like, okay, so I put my kids to bed at 7. Yeah. And he like, asked me, like, what do you do from 7 to 10? Yeah. And I was like, I guess I just watch shows or, yeah. just, or on my phone. And he's like, don't you think that time could be better spent, like, maybe waking up earlier and then, like, getting ahead of the day? And I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, hey, like, I'm going to make that my goal. Like, I'm going to try to get to bed at, like, literally 7.30 or 8, yeah. you know? And uh, sometimes that drives Sarah crazy, but, like... <laughs> um, a couple of things I do just to have better quality sleep is it starts really at like dinner time. Like I try to have an early dinner. Yeah. Like I'll try to eat at like sometimes four thirty or five. Oh damn! Okay. And boom, eat, eat early dinner. It's like I've already set the tone like for that night, and then I start getting stuff ready for like the morning the next morning. Yeah. And once the kids are in bed, I try to reduce my phone time. Yeah. And even like, on my phone, I have like that no blue light setting. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. <clears throat> and then. 
from there, like just get myself in bed, don't look at the phone, pop a little melatonin pill, <laughs> depending on like if I if I'm not tired or not, <laughs> and then like I put on like a light show, like either The Office or like Superstore, and that just yeah. kind of like puts me in a good headspace, and the next yeah. thing I'm lights out, and I can wake up at 5 a.m. and I feel like great. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like before, if I was just getting to bed at nine. Yeah. And then getting falling asleep at like ten or eleven, and then I'm waking up at five, and then I'm like. And then I'm already behind the whole day. So yeah. I think that, what was, uh, did I answer the question? Yeah, right? the game changer habit. <laughs> game changer, yeah, that's my yeah. game changer. Get, get better sleep, that's the base. Yeah. Honestly, the base, you can train as hard as you want. If you don't have good nutrition um, and good sleep, Yeah. Like you don't have a solid base. And yeah. going to the nutrition thing and environment thing, um, my partner Sarah, she's she's very good at at um getting groceries yeah and she look she looks at the ingredients <laughs> oh yeah she is but she also like looks at like the ingredients like like no um like flaxseed oils or sugar and stuff like yeah. that she's very disciplined with that and then already that creates the environment so at home i don't even have access to that that junk right you know what i mean yeah. like, even if i wanted like to Austin eat that is junk, obsessed with chips and cookies and i'm like no don't yeah. bring them in here so as soon as you bring as soon as you even bring into the house it's game over yeah, yeah it's in your it's your environment like yeah. if you don't have alcohol if you don't have access to alcohol or or sugars you just you don't have a choice you're not gonna have it right yeah so That's dial in your true. environment yeah that was like when we did national team training camps like because we we're so far out of whistler like we we're like 20 30 minutes just mm-hmm. that bus ride was such a deterrent to like go in and party or go in and get more food like it's like what you have is what you're gonna eat mm-hmm. so i was like okay all i have is like my main core foods that are like really good healthy so i'm just gonna keep eating those because i'm mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna take a like an hour of bus rides to go get something like something different yeah but well, what about if the person you were living with had like some oreos so okay. wouldn't, wouldn't it be hard not to dabble it is like well so when austin and i like first moved in together like his like he likes to have snacks like and yeah. like that's and like his family always have like a big pantry of tons of snacks they always have cookies like they yeah. always have like chocolate chip cookies yeah. and i was like oh interesting like even my mom was a sales rep for dare foods which is a cookie and candy company mm-hmm. but even still like we would eat a little bit of them but like not actually like that often but yeah, like we just, my mom was like, this is your meals. It was always like rice, veggies, meat, like pretty, pretty standard. As a kid, I mean, I ate tons of like pasta, whatever, like, you know, like you said, like carbs as a, as a young athlete. Um, but then, yeah, so like moving in together, it was so different because I used to live like in the Glebe, like near Whole Foods. Like I was really McKellen's obsessed bagels. with. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. I, <laughs> I remember when we were training, you'd have that, that was your ritual, like <laughs> Like four <every> Kettleman's <laughs> bagels a day. Yeah. Dude, I ate so many. I would eat like two for breakfast, like two in between training oh, sessions. Oh, it's not your fault, man. They're so good. <laughs> they are really good. Like whenever I go, actually I had Kettleman's bagels like the last two days for breakfast because I, I had to drive into like the Glebe. Yeah. So those are my, that was my breakfast. It was really good. And there's one near my parents' house in Canada now. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Kettleman's bagels. Shout out Kettleman's bagels. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, having them in your house, it makes it like really difficult mm-hmm. and yeah like it like i don't mind like having a cookie like okay i'm like okay i just like ran all this Mm -hmm. now i'm like in between sessions like i need some sort of quick carb and i'm like whatever it's gonna be a cookie today while i'm doing this like i'm like that's fine but when i'm just like chilling there and i'm like oh i'm just too lazy to make something which is why like for me going and getting the shawarma every week Mm -hmm. and like having that lunch like prepared Mm -hmm. i'm like wow i have my whole lunch which is like enough carbs so like i put a ton of rice like i'm like Mm -hmm. i know i'm covering all my bases but i'm not like digging into potato chips or like all these things because sometimes like you're you just get so tired after training and managing everything that like food becomes like a job to like try to put it together so having stuff that's prepared and that's like good for you that always helps me even if there's other stuff in the house because it's easy to make the decision Mm -hmm. but like when you look in the fridge and there's nothing you're like what am i gonna do well the decision's already made for you with what you have in your house right yeah yeah exactly yeah, so it is It is good, like, not to. Like, Austin always, he drives him crazy because I'm like, oh, like, chips weren't on sale. Yeah. And he was like, you're never doing the groceries again. Like, you forget all the things I put. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, I just don't even, like, go down those aisles to even check. I'm like, I didn't see them on a sale rack, so exactly. didn't happen. Okay, so, so second last question is, you're, like, at the end of your life, you're looking back on everything you've done. If you could describe in one word, what you want, like the impact you have made to be, what would that one word be? Um, I don't know. I guess simply would be like make people happy. I mean, um, but I think impact, impact people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, with the theme of just being an athlete and looking back at like your athletic career, I think less about like my accomplishments. 
um, and more so like the times with my friends, like during that yeah. whole process. Like, you know, the games were cool and all, but looking back at just making the games, like I think back to like, you know, ups and downs I had with my teammates, and, like the fun training sessions we had, and even like throughout the years, like just doing CrossFit. Like, I, I vaguely remember even the competitions. It's more so like, yeah. you know, the trips, like the trips we took together to get to the competition or like, you know, the friends I've like made. Like hockey tournaments like, as a kid. Exactly. Like, I don't remember who won. Like, it's really just the process. And, yeah. you know, I think just being kind to people every day, that's how you'll be remembered. You know, people aren't going to really remember like what your accomplishments are. They're going to remember yeah. it when they meet you, you know, that's true. If you were a good dude, you know, yeah. even a bit of an example, like, mind you, some people are competing, they're dialed in and stuff, but yeah. there's some like elite athletes at the games, like they won't, won't give like the volunteer judges, like the time of day, like oh, say thank yeah. you or anything, you know, just like those simple things like that, you know? Yeah, I think that's super important. That's actually, yeah, those people give a lot of their time. It's true. Mm -hmm. And like, it can be hard when you're like, you just did poorly in a workout and you're not thinking about it, but like. If that's just, like, part of who you are, I feel like it's reactive to just, like, oh, no, like, always go. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's key. Okay, last one is, uh, if like, what is your definition of all in? Like, what does all in mean to you? Well, I've known you for a while, so as soon as you hear all in, I just think not all for it. <laughs> well, I guess that means you've got a strong brand. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Um, all in, I don't know, all in kind of speaks for itself. It's, like, um, setting yourself a goal and kind of... Uh, dialing yourself in and and achieving it and knowing that uh there's going to be ups and downs but just enjoying the process you know i you, you, you got to have an end goal but be less fixated on the end goal yeah because that in the end is not going to make you happy yeah. like making it to the crossfit games the second i heard i made it to the crossfit games i had a little bit of a dopamine rush <laughs> then it was gone yeah and then you know i looked forward to just training with my friends again yeah. So I think just enjoying the process um, is the best thing. I'm not sure if that super, sounds really cheesy, but that's no. my that's what I think of when I think of, of all in. I like it. No, that's that's super cool, and I think that's super important. Is like those are the memories that you're gonna make. Is like the experiences, the day to day. Like that was. I mean, like that's kind of like what I did my TED talk on was like like failure what I learned from not making the Olympics. But like I knew if I would have gone, even if I would have like won a gold medal, the mindset I had like it wouldn't have made me happier like you said like a short dopamine rush and then mm -hmm. i would have been like okay what's next mm -hmm. and like because i was not enjoying the process because i was so focused on the mm -hmm. end result then it was like it would have been for nothing versus like i think that's what i try to work on with crossfit was like okay like the end result like i can have this goal of like okay i want to make it to the games or i want to do this or i want to like compete at sanctionals or i want to like hit this weight but it's like it's day-to-day -day enjoying mm -hmm. it like just focusing on that day and like I, I think I was saying to like Austin like last week I was like going to bed after like a huge training day like some of those days where I like drove to your house like three times mm -hmm. or like those days and I was like man I like put in my full effort today like yeah. I'm like I feel really good about that and like if you go to bed like feeling good about that every day like, I think that's what makes humans happy though like yeah. like genuine work towards a goal like, oh, we're yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. sled dogs like we just we did that sounds yeah. weird but like <laughs> we need work and yeah. like a goal like to do something that that sometimes even looking back at like training like some some of my ha happiest times and most fulfilled times are when i was like working my hardest yeah or like even i like to use the analogy of like how good does it feel to have like a hot chocolate or like uh or like a beer after a day of like hiking with your friends or like snowboarding with your friends but it yeah. doesn't feel the same when you've done absolutely nothing yeah. and you just do that every day but like when you have like done this hard thing like maybe you climbed a mountain or you did it and then like at the end how you feel yeah that beer tastes so much better <laughs> yeah like it's just that feeling that you get like afterwards like like it's just the feeling you get after you work towards something like i think one of my favorite feelings over the last two years was literally when i pr'd my mile time this fall because i was like whoa i like had my mile time i put in like between the time that i tested to this was like i don't know two months difference and i was like there were so many days that it was so hard the week before i couldn't hit any of my paces and then so i was like wow i probably haven't even got better then all of a sudden i took like 20 some seconds off and i was like oh my god and felt like way better and i was like just that feeling of knowing you put all this work into something and like my goal wasn't even like i just want to improve my mile time it was literally just i'm gonna get better running so i'm just gonna run 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 and like i think 
that that's why it's so important to have something you're working towards something that you're like passionate about doing mm-hmm. and like that just feeling of progress and improving you can look back and see like wow like i've actually improved and i put in the work on the low days like i think that's just so important mm-hmm. totally cool well thanks yep. for jamming out on the podcast yeah we train tomorrow <laughs> uh yes yeah we're training tomorrow okay, you great. said early but you now i know that you go to bed super early yeah. much earlier than me so i'm gonna have to go to bed super early to make up for that that's it oh man <laughs> Okay, well, it'll be good. Um, And yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.